This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I want to fall. Keep it on fall. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Hey, you want brother alive? My brother. Make crowd happy. Let Tom Paul punish you all the rounds. <laughs> you must last to the end. <laughs> oh, brother, die very slowly. You understand? Huh? Huh? <laughs> go home! Wait for three months and go home where you're safe. I don't want your blood on my hands. I got enough already. He's going to pay for this. You hear me? I'll find him. I don't need your help. The only way you'll find him is inside the ring. And you are not good enough! No matter where, I'll get him. You don't understand. You go after him outside the ring and we're dead, all of us! He's too valuable to them! The only way is inside the ring. And like I said, you ain't good enough! We'll see. Oh, my God. All right. Welcome to Action Movie Rewind here. Mackie and Judd, it's our movie review franchise. It all started with Action Movie Rewind. We also have uh, a collection of rom-com rewinds and sports movie rewinds. You can find them all. At some point, I think we'll consolidate. We'll go back. We'll just make a weekend out of it or something, um, and we'll just we'll put them all in a feed. But right now, go back any Friday, basically, over the last 14 months, and you'll find us breaking down movies. And gentlemen... We've landed on Kickboxer, 1989, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. (laughs) Here's the summary. (laughs) Eric Sloan, by the way, played by Dennis Alexia, who is a real-life kickboxing champion. Eric Sloan is an American kickboxing pro, helped by his brother, Kurt, in his quest for glory. Kurt, played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. But when the two go to Thailand to take on legendary Tong Po, the opponent viciously beats Eric and leaves him paralyzed in the ring. Swearing vengeance, Kurt tracks down Master Zhan Chao and begins learning the sport of Muay Thai himself while also getting caught up in criminal intrigue involving thuggish crime boss <laughs> Freddie Lee. <laughs> 
thirty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> there was no critics consensus on uh, RottenTomatoes.com. It's because they this, all left the movie early. <laughs> this was a two point seven million dollar budget turned into fifty million dollars at the box office, and it led to multiple sequels that that didn't involve Jean Claude Van Damme. So, real quick, the sequels involved uh, can't remember the actor's name, but he played. I want to say Cody in Step by Step, the weird brother who was like in the camper outside. That guy played the third sibling that they never mentioned in Kick, but they needed, all right, Jean-Claude's not coming back. We could either have someone else just like play the Jean-Claude character, or we could say, no, they had another brother, and he also <laughs> needs to avenge things as a kickboxer. So maybe at some point we'll dive into all the sequels. But for now, Judd, let's start with you. No, no, please, God, don't do that to me. What was your main takeaway from kickboxer? Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> so my main takeaway from kickboxer. Um, <laughs> I wrote down a lot of things about this film. First of all, uh, so th- this film is 1991. Is that correct? Is that what 1989. You said? 1989. Okay. Okay. So this film clearly took the Jean Claude Van Damme phenom and applied it to Karate Kid, because like this reminded me of Karate Kid as far as like the bad guy vengeance. Now it was a different storyline as far as as in. Danielson's case, it was not his brother. He didn't even have one, but he still, you know, he trained with uh, with the veteran guy who was skeptical of his commitment to train. Yeah, and then you uh, had like the weird training methods that you don't really, you don't know you're training, but you're really training. Exactly. Yeah, movies. exactly right. Um, my other takeaway from this film is of all the films, and we have done a lot of action films, and we have done, it feels like, a lot from the decade of the 80s i don't think there was one that loved the montage as much as kickboxer Uh, to to the point to the point where and i i get it loves a winner jean claude van damme can't act his way out of a paper bag so it, it so it definitely helps to do the montage so we don't have to hear him trying to recite his lines you guys um but it was to the point of where this film was not that long. It felt to me like it took forever. Yeah. This, okay, my main takeaways are very similar. I have, two main, I have two main takeaways from this movie. Number one, I literally wrote down, this movie was a cross and a ripoff of Karate Kid and Rocky IV. Yep. So Rocky yeah. Rocky yeah. Four. although they went the, you know, Rocky yep. Four. what they should have done here is the brother should have been killed in the ring. I've got questions. That's about, what should have happened. And I've got questions about that. The fact that he only got paralyzed, and then by the end, like three weeks later, he's just like, ah, go brother. He's just pretty much fine mentally but and physically. He's, like, he's, he's in, in a, a wheelchair, wheel, but. But they take him out to the woods to that camp. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and he's wheeling around like it's no, I, I mean, I he's am just, not he's just making like, oh like, man, that was. That was a tough break. Uh, a proud, like, dude, but you're I mean, paralyzed, bro. But, but I mean, he's wheeling his wheelchair around in like the woods, basically. Yeah, like you would need ramps and stuff. I know they all go in the house. Like, come on, let's go in the house. And they and he's like the last one still outside. Like, what? like is there a ramp? Who's helping this guy get up into the house? I know they're all just hanging out. Yeah, let's go make. So I'll make my famous specialty like jungle eggs and whatever and then my other main takeaway was this movie was three fights and then an hour of jean-claude van damme just wandering 
throughout the woods, throughout the city of Bangkok, in pleated khakis to weird music. With a weird love story. Yeah, we'll get into it. Like, there's the weird oh, we'll love story. Yeah, yeah, but but I but yeah, but I mean, what was the like? I I got done and I literally said, "What was that? Yeah. Like, what was that film?" Yep. Declan, what, what was your I main? What was your main takeaway? My main takeaway was this is everything we should be looking for in action movie rewind. This is <laughs> everything we should be looking for. It took me a while to grasp the concept of action movie. It might be the biggest hurdle I had in the transition. Now we've been a year in through this yep. new changes at Score North was grasping. What are we looking for? What's the idea? What's the concept? There was butting of heads, and now I get it. I, I've, I've gotten over the majority of the time. But I will say, now that we're a year into me being part of these action movie rewinds, that this is everything we should be looking for. The acting is horrible. It's some of the worst acting ever. There's cheesy love dynamics that make no bleeping sense. No bleeping yes. sense. Yes. Weird violence. And then just a sprinkle, and maybe I'm underselling a sprinkle, a sprinkle, sprinkle of vulgar, ridiculous, over-the-top ending that we have, and I said that last week about Cobra, that the last 15 minutes was, wow, this saved the movie. I don't know if the last 15 minutes saves the movie, but it definitely puts a whole new layer on this film because, oh my God, that last 10 to 15 minutes fight scene with all the other dialogue that's happening was absurd. So my main takeaway yes. is this is everything we should be looking for in an action movie rewind. <laughs> All right. And and we'll we'll definitely get to we'll get to more about the last 15 minutes, but let's go back to Judd here. What was your what was your favorite thing about action movie rewind uh kickboxer? Okay, part of the part of the charm of this film to me which I absolutely think is hilarious is this. In Karate Kid, the mentor who, you know, was was in happy days and clearly, uh, if he chose to, spoke perfect That's right. English, uses an accent, you know, to start, because he's supposed to be, you know, from... So that made perfect sense. Exactly. In this film, everybody in this foreign country basically lived in Los Angeles or, I don't know, Arizona or something. Like, nobody used an accent. You could understand them all perfectly. It's like they all lived in this foreign country, and they're all like, hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? Do you really want to fight this fight? I am a trained sensei from way back when. My family's never been to America. I mean, everyone had a pro. It was hilarious. They like were. They decided that it would be easier to have no problems with, like, I don't know, understanding. I don't have any clue. But nobody really had an accent. Well, then there's the – well, but the, but the most glaring accent storyline – question mark is the fact that these two kickboxers are these guys are brothers and they did explain this for like three seconds in the middle of the movie <laughs> but these two guys are brothers one of them has like a new york or los angeles accent and the other one has an eastern european belgium accent i was born in belgium he said yeah i was born and, in and, belgium. and so they had the, they they probably figured at some point i'm guessing it was the last thing they filmed they were like Oh, it is kind of weird that they're brothers and one guy has a weird accent and the other guy doesn't and they look nothing alike. That's what nothing I was going to say. Alike at all. One guy looks like uh <laughs> yeah. And so they so he's he's explaining to his love interest Jean-Claude Van Damme at one point. Uh yeah, my parents uh, got yeah. divorced and you know one kid went to America and the other went to Belgium and then we somehow reconnected later in life. I don't know. Like they just glossed past this. But I mean, they just weird. didn't, they so clearly didn't care about so many different things that that's why I'm confused. Like what was, what did I watch? 
Dex, what was your favorite part of kickboxing? Uh, a couple things. The 80s montages are phenomenal. I mean, I'm not even a big 80s music guy. I'm really not. I, I don't get down with the, with the 80s. I, I obviously miss the generation there, being born in the 90s. Um, love 80s. I love, love me some 90s some grunge. I love me some classic early 2000s hip-hop. I love emo music from the mid-2000s. I could go on an entire tirade cool. of my cool. musical uh, selections that a lot of other older we'll generations see. would love to throw me in the fire for. But 80s, these 80s montages are fantastic. The I, whole movie. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, it's just him in pleated khakis. Right. Just wandering around to weird 80s soundtracks. Um, and it, I also right. loved the character Taylor. I think Taylor was absolutely awesome. I think he's the, ba- the van driver. And if yeah. I can't stop you, I might know somebody who'll train you. Someone? Maybe. There's only one person crazy enough to put you in a ring with a tongue <laughs> Name Zen. Lives out in the sticks. Will he do it? I don't have any idea. That's your problem. I just know how to find him. Let's go. And what if he doesn't take? He will. Let's go. No. Now? Now. We're going drinking now. I don't want to drink. If you want me to take <laughs> you tomorrow, we go drinking tonight. We're going drinking tonight. It's the deal. Uh, I love Taylor. <laughs> and he's got like, the, you know, he, so... <laughs> I think in, like you get a good backstory, and they actually they go to that strip club, and he's like, "Yeah, I was I was in Vietnam, and then I ended up just staying over here." And then he like basically is this like weird mercenary, not bounty hunter, but like basically mercenary, who then at the end of the film shows up with all the guns and whatnot, and helps and helps get his brother back. Um, I love Taylor. I think Taylor's he was my favorite part. They actually did explain that though, because he said when they're going out in the bar that he that he had a friend who saved him a few times, and then when it came time to save his friend, Taylor choked. He choked, and his friend died. Yeah. And so now he comes back at the end and avenges what he missed out on the last time. All right, let's let's get into it because my favorite part of this movie was the last fifteen minutes. It's it's this is one of those movies where if it picks up as they're dipping their their rope gloves with glue on the back of them into broken shards of glass. Like I am in for the rest of that movie. (laughs) And so you had, just to explain it, you had these two fighters, instead of having a traditional kickboxing match, they went back to like the old warrior Muay Thai days to settle a personal score between the two of them. And so they dip, they, they, instead of wearing gloves, they get their hands wrapped in rope, which is obviously going to hurt you way more than a glove will hurt you. And then they dip their hands in hot glue and then in shards of glass, and they fight. And I have so many questions off this, but let's start with the first one. If UFC promoted a fight on pay-per-view where both fighters are going to have glass shard gloves instead of regular gloves, would you guys pay to watch it? No. Would you have any interest in watching it? I don't really? think I could. Zero. Yeah, in real life, I couldn't watch it. I don't think so. I did some YouTube searching just to see, is this a thing? And, and I, I could only find a couple articles on the internet uh, about what's called original Muay Thai. So original Muay Thai was very brutal, even deadly. There were no weight categories and few rules, and there was also no padding or protection, and fighters wrapped their hands in either strips of horse hide or hemp rope to protect their hands and cause their opponent maximum damage. And if both fighters agreed, they would sometimes dip their hands in a type of glue and then dip their hands in broken glass to cause severe cuts and bleeding during the fight. Fighters would wrap their ankles with cotton wrap and either wear coconut shells or triangular pillows for groin protection. Uh, in those days, many fighters died in the ring, especially from knees and elbows, but I couldn't find like any 
video evidence of this. But sure. at one point in this fight, it took him a while to use the glass shards. But Tong Po starts, like, using the back of his hands for, like, six or seven strikes on Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he bloodies him up. And then there's that scene where he delivers, like, 15 or 20 just, like, straight-up unprotected punches right to Jean-Claude Van Damme's head. <laughs> this would kill any man after, like, <laughs> 10 of them, right? He's barely hurt. He literally just, like, gets back up. Oh, the round is over. He gets back up and just goes and sits down and takes a deep breath with, like, a little blood on his cheek. It's like, what? <laughs> I know. What? This guy has glass shard hands and he's the best fighter in and the world. So my, so my question off of that was, did, did they run out of fake blood on the <laughs> I film? I don't know. Like, he would be pummeled. Like, at least he, he has to be massively bleeding. And he's, like, got, like, a paper cut. <laughs> well, one of the one, there, there, we'll get to some actually, you know, let me let me read this because it goes along. Um, critical response from Wikipedia. All right. Chris Willman of the Los Angeles Times called the film egregiously dull and a contender for one of the dumbest action pictures of the year. A dog's barking back here. Um, it, like kickboxer. Citing yeah. its jarring shifts in tone, insurmountable plot implausibilities, rampant racial stereotyping superfluous nudity, and inhumane amounts of comically exaggerated violence. <laughs> and that well, last part, like, fits the last fight, right? Like, what do you, like, he would have been dead after 10 of those punches. Willman also questioned the manner in which the characters seemed to recover from serious injuries and major trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I'd say so. that's accurate. So, all right, Judd, your least favorite part about kickboxing. Oh, boy. There are a lot of these. Let me see here. I got a couple things. One is the amount of Jean-Claude training scenes, okay? I, I didn't need 18 of them. Like, I could have gotten by with a couple. Like, I get it. He's And here, here's the thing, too. So he he was chiseled, you know? I, I mean, but he wasn't like, it wasn't like looking at some Adonis where you're, where you're like, blown <laughs> oh, away man. by. He's doing um, the splits. He's no, jumping in the I air. I know, but, like he's... but they kept doing it. And it's like, okay, but he's not that impressed. Like, what? like he's not that impressive. What? Like, I. Do you, you, you know? Do you know how many scenes they did of him training with '80s music on? I didn't need all, all that. And and my second thing that I didn't like too, and it was both implausible and I didn't like it. I don't care how many people you kill in a film. Don't hurt a dog. Yeah, like the dog that gets the dogs. dog that gets hit with the knife, and then the damn dog is at the match at the end. He like shows up fine. That dog would it's be dead. Up, and yeah. the dog is the dog is alive. We have to get it to the <laughs> doctor right away. But don't hurt animals. I don't like well, it. I don't. Some animals. Just not. I don't. Well, don't hurt pets. How about that, Declan? Okay. Don't hurt pets in films. I don't need it. Like there was no reason for it. It's fair those enough. are my. Right. That's a fair point. Was it a knife wound? Yeah, he threw a knife into okay. the dog. Yeah, I remember they showed it, and it was like very yeah. obviously they had like yeah. put one of those like fake Halloween costume knives that looks like it's going in the side of your head, and they just right, put yes. it in the back of the dog. Yeah, <laughs> with like plastic blood coming out. Yeah, just a quick quick cutaway so nobody exactly. knows. All right, Declan, your least favorite part uh, of Kickboxer. I mean, the acting, the the, the act, and and it, and even though it kind of like helps with our action movie th- rewind theme. The acting is horrible, especially the brother-to-brother meetup that we that we talked about earlier in the park. You know, Eric, mom, she was a very special lady too. She wanted me to learn three languages, to take ballet, 
Vale. Before I learned karate, I really miss her. I wish they would have been there to see me win the championship. Well, big brother, they could never get along. But I'm glad we do. They'd be proud. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, kid. You're right, kid. Just, it is a painful, painful <laughs> scene to get it's, through. Painful. It's worse to listen to it without seeing them. It makes it even worse. That's yeah, great. it is. That is it is just god awful. The 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 acting in it is is, is pretty bad. It's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Um, I think speaking of bad acting, I think my least favorite part about this movie, there's a, there's a few of them, but the dancing and bar scene yeah. where yeah. where a trainer takes him to the bar, just like this weird CD bar, and gets him drunk on shots. Doesn't explain anything. Just like just keeps feeding him shots, and Jean Claude Van Damme just kind of going along with it. And then he, he, he asks him, are you good at dancing? Can you dance? And Jean-Claude's like, yeah, I'm a good deal. Why are you asking me? And so he gets up. He makes Jean-Claude get up. And then he looks over for the nearest gal. There's just this gal sitting in a booth all by herself, just, like, staring. Trainer grabs her by the arm and, like, mm-hmm. picks her up out of the booth. And she's just like, okay, yes, I go, you know, I'm going to dance with the American guy now. And so he's dancing with these gals. The whole thing was so weird. And I'm just thinking, like, was there not a different way? So he's trying to, he's trying to, he's trying to get him drunk and then fight all these other fighters to get on the radar to go fight, you know, in a ring at some point. Was there not like another way to do that in the movie? I don't know. The whole thing was uncomfortable and weird, and but now it's one of the most prominent gifts on the internet. Yeah, I never in, in weird khakis and a tank top, a tank top, a suspender tank top. Yeah. By the way, did you guys see that? Yes, yes. amazing. Yes. I never knew that. That I've seen that gif and I've seen that meme around in the last, obviously, about seven, eight years. That that social media is really blown up here. I never knew it was from this movie. Like they're literally, I, there's always that other coincidentally the meme of like, oh, that's what this is from. That was me when I watched. Like, oh, that's what the, when he's doing that little goofy dance. I was like, I had no idea that's from this movie. You know, I I figured out, I think, um, like last summer, I want to say, during I was just watching movies because everyone was just sitting inside watching movies last summer. And I watched that Jack Johnson movie. Out, I think it's Robert oh. Redford plays Jack Johnson, just like an outdoor mountain man. And I realized, oh, this is that meme where oh, they yeah. zoom in on the bearded guy He's with smiling. the raccoon cap. Yep. Yeah. I always thought it was Zach Galifianakis because it looks like <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. No, it's Robert Redford. And Redford looks fat, and he was never fat. That's he said he, he had a huge beard. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Anywho. Um, all right. All right. Uh, Judd, what was the least believable oh. thing for you in this movie? Uh, beginning to end? Um, <laughs> okay, there was a lot of things. But the one that I wrote down is that Eric – so so the brother who is paralyzed which again i'm with you phil he should have been killed but he's paralyzed that he would that that after he recovers and by the way it was supposed to take you know months and months after he recovers he and his brother just stay in thailand especially eric like he's paralyzed he needs oh. to go home and get care in the but US. he wants to go home he wants to go home and kurt wants to fight tong po i know but he's unwilling like at that point in time, somebody needs to come get Eric and take him home. And and if uh, Jacques Claude wants to fight Tom Poe, that's fine. But that he would just that he, instead he's like rolling around on in his wheelchair in the woods, and he's like going to the fight, and he's getting kidnapped. But he's fine to get to the fight. Like the whole thing 
with the brother made no sense. And the easiest answer would have been just kill him. Because if he's dead, then that's fine. The storyline goes on. And by the way, the film, which is about Jean-Claude Van Damme, he can avenge his brother's death. Like keeping him alive, unless it was for the scene at the end where he's sort of kidnapped, but then he shows up, it was, was com- completely unnecessary. And and like the guy would stay in Thailand. A quick side question. I feel like just from like a health insurance standpoint, I'd be a little nervous that that random Bangkok clinic that helped like with my severe spinal cord injury would be out of network and I'd wind up paying, you know, $500,000 for, which is another reason to get out of the country. So you don't (laughs) have to pay it. Uh, But you're right. It was, it was sort of a weird, unnecessary storyline at the end where the brother gets kidnapped. And then they're like, like, like what's the point of him getting kidnapped? Like, well, yeah. Oh, it's, so so the po- the point but it was unnecessary was, was that um Jean-Claude Van Damme's character is going to take a dive to Tom which the Tompo is kicking the crap out of him because his brother's kidnapped and they've threatened to kill him. But why so, would he need to take a dive? He's never so like when, been a professional fighter before. Wouldn't Tompo just like be confident that he's going to beat this amateur? Well yeah, but but that's the thing is at the end then when Eric comes in in his wheelchair and Jod Claude sees him, he can then unleash his fury because there's no um, threat of potential retribution. I'm trying to explain what I saw, okay? <laughs> You're right. I'm not disagreeing with you one bit. This movie also is pretty much the same as Bloodsport. Like, almost everything yes. about this movie is the same as Bloodsport. Yep. Uh, all right, all right. For me, least believable thing was just the entire sequence of the fight in Thailand, like how they got there. So the movie starts mm-hmm. with, Eric is is winning the championship or defending it, and as he's walking out of the ring, we get reporters swarming him and asking him questions. You've beat everyone there is to beat. What's next, champ? And you know, oh, like, you know, my brother and I are going to go do. You know, I got my brother in my corner now. And then the one, uh, by the way, the guy that asked the Thailand question is the director of the movie making a cameo. Oh, right. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's awesome. And he comes in and said, awesome. you know, what about uh, why don't you go to Thailand? Why don't why, why don't you go to Thailand and? Uh, you know, fight some of the best fighters in the world. And then he makes some, he literally, his answer to that question is like, Thailand, Tokyo, where he like names a bunch of Asian countries and says, I don't care where it is. I'll beat anyone anywhere, right? And then the next scene, they're just in Thailand. So that one-off comment by a random reporter, and they're just like, yo, that guy's right. Let's just go to Thailand and fight people that we've never scouted. Yeah. So so they get to Thailand, <laughs> and uh, and right off the bat, like instead of scouting or training, Eric is hooking up with, prostitutes and yes and, and his brother's like oh just make sure you're ready for the fight in a week Classic he's like brother. i'll be ready <laughs> so um i don't know the whole thing is like no scouting nothing he gets his ass kicked and paralyzed by tong po and then they and then the medics take him out on a stretcher he's paralyzed and they just dump him out on the sidewalk and close the gate like the, the whole thing well, was and like ridiculous. who set the fight up right like well i mean he's the, is- he's the he's the he's the u.s champ so i'm sure he could Sure but I mean, the guy, but it's like King clearly this yeah. an underground <laughs> fighting ring. Like, and then, yeah, they, they, they take him out in the street on the stretcher, set him down and close the garage door. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, all right. Uh, least believable thing. Dude. Declan. The romance with Miley makes zero sense and has no foundation to it whatsoever. <laughs> what do you mean no foundation? No, no foundation. Right. There's no foundation right. to this romance. Yeah. All but of a sudden. They sparked when he went into her store sparked there there was no spark there there was a bunch of thugs and 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 she was even like against like no let them have the money blah 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 
And then they're just, he leaves, you know, like 20 minutes later, they leave the training facility and she's just like on the, her little weird moped. And then they just like start making out for no, like there there wasn't even some sentimental thing said. There was no smooth line from Claude Dam. They just start kissing It, it, it. And then all of a sudden they're just in this romance together. And then he's getting his ass kicked in the last 15 minutes. And he, there's some motivation that gets him to really step up his game but it makes zero sense. Their, their their entire romance makes zero sense through the course of this film. There's no foundation. I don't get it. And it's not really necessary. Yes. Like, it doesn't do anything for the movie. And you didn't need it. This movie, right Kickboxer, has lots of holes in it, and I still find this to be the least believable part, is, is the romance. It, <laughs> by far, makes no sense. You don't think she'd be infatuated with this chiseled American kickboxer? No. Who's got a little sense of humor and can dance a little bit. Looks pretty good in pleated khakis with no shirt. Oh. Yeah. I will say in terms of outfits, when he wasn't wearing the pleated khakis, at the very beginning, uh, one of his outfits, I think when they got to Thailand, he had jeans and then a jean vest with no undershirt. <laughs> which was a great look. The 80s, man. Yeah, dude. The 80s took its toll on wardrobes. Yeah. All right, before we get to definitive bad guy rankings and the overall ranking for the movie, any other final just thoughts or topics or questions that we didn't cover that you guys want to get into here? I thought the amount tongue po. I thought the amount of terrible lines that Jean Claude had and how he delivered them horribly was actually glorious. Like it's clear that he he had these. That's the one thing that I will give Stallone in the Rocky films. In the Rocky films, he's sort of a different guy, and the acting in those films exclusively is not bad. Lots of times. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's corny, but it's not awful. This guy's inability in a franchise that really was supposed to feature him for sure. Inability to deliver a simple line without it sounding like he was in sixth grade is (laughs) impressively bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, he's better off in montages and in fight scenes and Mm -hmm. uh, the less dialogue, the better. All right, definitive bad guy rankings. So we've done, I don't know, 50 of these action movie rewinds, and we rank the bad guys sort of based on three main criteria. How iconic are they? How ruthless are they? And how charismatic are they? So the top bad guys to this point that we've reviewed are The Terminator, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Michael Myers from Halloween, Cyrus the Virus from Con Air, Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse and Cobra Kai from Karate Kid. In the middle, I'm going to give you the middle section here. Sure. Victor Maitland from Beverly Hills Cop, the Scorpio Killer from Dirty Harry, uh, Hertz from Shoot 'Em Up, Lord Humongous from Mad Max 2, Molaram from Indiana Jones, and then toward the bottom, Max Dent is the worst one we've reviewed from Beverly Hills Cop 2, Incompetent Russian Military from Rambo 3, and The Muggers from Death Wish. I'm just going to say... Chong Lee is like Chong Lee from uh, Bloodsport is like 12th from the bottom. He is more iconic in my mind in that movie than Tong Po is in Kickboxer. I think they should be right next to each other with Tong Po one notch below Chong Lee. I'm fine Unless with Unless you that. guys have a strong no, opinion. No, because the bad guy yeah. here was also the mafia. So like it was it was more than one person. Yeah. And so yeah, I think putting him a notch below Chong Lee is fine. That, that would could... also put him right next to the night slasher from Cobra. Yeah. Last week's villain. I'm fine with I that. I think so. 
I think so. I, he's not. He's a pretty horrible guy. Uh, he's but, he's ruthless. Yeah. He's a little iconic because Kickboxer is an iconic movie, and I think Bloodsport, they're basically the same movie, yeah. <laughs> just like a year apart. So, yeah, but he's fine. not, he, you know, he's certainly not on the Hans Gruber, Cyrus the Virus level, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Chong Lee was, was actually snapping necks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he was snapping necks. He was. Um, this guy was brutal, but I don't think he, I don't think I saw him snap a neck. I don't think he, did he, did he kill anybody? I don't think he did. I don't think he did. He Why they? Anybody. And I mean, he could have. Did killed. anyone die in this? Well, yeah, there's some people died at the end, like in the in the shootout scenes. But right. But as far as in the ring, in, in the ring, yeah. So okay. I think it's a very fair ranking. I'm All with right. It. Now, now we get to the one through ten overall enjoyment. Oh boy, experience for this movie. The only three perfect tens we've given out are Terminator, Die Hard, and Halloween. Taken, John Wick, Commando, and Beverly Hills Cop are all a nine or above. And then toward the bottom here, the worst movies we've reviewed, all of these are below a four. Demolition Man, Kindergarten Cop, Shoot 'em Up, Bloodsport, Mad Max 2, Wanted. Smack Dab in the Middle, Die Hard 2, Lethal Weapon, Casino Royale, Karate Kid, Speed, True Lies, and Out for Justice. Those are all between like a 6.7 and a 7.8. So we'll start with Judd, 1 through 10, your level of enjoyment watching this movie. Probably disappointing to uh, you boys, but I'm going to give this movie a two. What? It, it gets wow, a it, wow. it gets it gets a it gets a two. It was hilarious, but it was too long. The montages you could have cut out a bunch of a few of them at least. This film, this film, I agree with Declan. This film qualifies for a lot of things, but I can't look past the fact that the main guy who was given the lines to deliver in this film was best off not talking. This would have been a great silent film. <laughs> this would have this been movie, a this movie, right. I, it was it was like an hour and a half movie that did feel like it was two hours or I mean, more. It I, could have been a 40-minute movie. I yeah, and I I but I don't recall throughout the course of this exercise that we've done. I don't recall feeling like a film that was in actuality this short because it was not long, felt this long. Like ordinarily 2 hours, yes, I get bored. But this one, my God. And the end scene, too, like, the brother has to show up, so we got to keep going. So I'm giving it a two. Sorry. Wow, Declan. It's a seven. I I truly enjoyed this film, despite it being so bad and the acting being hilarious. It was awesomely bad. It was so bad that it works. Um, I was was entertained throughout the entire course of this film. For me, it is easily a seven. It's a seven out of ten. Wow. So uh, a two and And a a seven. seven. I, I love where this is going. This is fun. Before I unveil my score, is... my my rating of this movie is powered by Federated Mutual <laughs> Insurance it. Company. I Why couldn't it. mine have been? I wanted mine to be powered by Federated. <laughs> so Federated has been helping businesses <laughs> with risk management and with peace of mind. Uh, so, you know, obviously the the in the state of Minnesota, uh, the CDC and the governor are lifting the mandatory mask mandate. So this might mean changes in policy for your company. If you need to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row from a communication standpoint, from a policy standpoint, Federated can help you. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. It's a five for me, dog. It's a five. Wow. Okay. Not yeah. a disaster. Okay. I, honestly, before I watched this, it's been a been – a, actually, I watched it last year because I confused parts of this movie with Bloodsport during the Bloodsport review, I remember. I watched both those movies in the same week. What? Um, and I What's thought, wrong with you? 
I thought that I would rate this higher going in, but then watching it, it was like there's literally like 30 or 40 minutes in the middle of this movie that are just completely they drag. It's unnecessary. <laughs> so um, wow. I love the end. I love the corniness. I love the 80s vibe. It's a five. It's not a disaster. So that gives it a 4.7 composite score tied with Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, wow. and Tango and Cash right above Rambo 3. Oh, so yeah. there it is. God. This movie was it's so much one, better than all those films. It's not even close. Dude, this is how I felt. Bloodsport was a three. I so gave Bloodsport like an eight. All right. And everyone else gave it like a one or a two. All right. So this so is there's, my there's, there's movies on this list. Also, Air Force One got a five. I think that was Rami bringing it down. Air Force One? Like, I, dude, that movie's I amazing. did not denigrate Air Force One. That was not me, for sure. <laughs> I don't get it. You know what? So. If if they had if they had killed the brother in that fight, I think I give it a higher score. I think torturing that storyline got to me. Yeah, it was weird. Like, there's no reason why he needed. He got paralyzed, and the motivation yeah. <laughs> for fighting Tong Po is that exactly. he got paralyzed. And by the end of the movie, he was like happy and cheering and but like you said you just rolled in all and you're right. just fine right like dude you're paralyzed your spinal cord was like it was bleep and split apart and you're just yeah. like oh okay cool and like hey, jean claude van damme also almost tried to kill the doctor that gave him the news you will yeah. fix it yeah you will fix it he like he grabs him by the throat um uh, all right so uh, for next <laughs> week gentlemen we've got we've got Two movies. We, we had four movies in our initial starter bin here as we restarted Action Movie Rewind. Rush Hour and Predator. I think we stay. Let's stay in the same era here. Let's let's stay in the eighties before we move into the nineties again. Predator. I think Predator was eighties or nineteen ninety somewhere in there. I yep. think it was mid eighties. Yep. So uh, let's do Predator. Get our guy Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the mix. Hell yeah! And uh, round out his classic group of films. We've done like four Arnold movies or something like that. So. Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger next week. 107, Judd, runtime. Oh, no, it's great. Yep. I've seen it. Okay. It's, it this is going to pay off. Yeah, I love I love Predator. <laughs> I've never Predator's seen Predator. Great. Predator's great. You've never seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you'll like it. Oh, yeah, no. It, okay. Yep, good stuff. All right. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap on Action Movie Rewind and Mackie and Judd. Don't forget Wild Playoffs this weekend. Judd's Hockey Show will be all over it when the Wild uh, jump out to a 1-0 series lead, most likely. So, uh, yeah, be sure to be subscribed to our Score North MN YouTube channel for, uh, for all sorts of wild discussions going forward for as long as they remain in the playoffs. All right, guys, see you.